Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show live from the warehouse. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Come by and see us. 1825 South, 300 West, right here. Their brand new Salt Lake location. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Uh, let's jump out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Longtime NBA writer and reporter, of course, good friend of the big show, Keith Smith, with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hey, Keith, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me back. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm going to ask this, and uh, Gordon and I talked about it. Sometimes you don't uh, you mean these questions, but I, I 100% mean this because you're down there in Orlando. How's your week been, Keith? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, bit busy, um, and, and unexpectedly so. I expected it to be busy covering games, and and it took a different direction. But I think it was a necessary direction, and I think uh, it's a direction that is hopefully going to result in some good positive change. Keith, what uh, what is uh, what is the vibe down there now as far as the players? Are they reorganized and ready to get right back at it after uh, weighing some some pretty hefty stuff? Yeah, I think so. Talking to different players over the last couple of days, everybody was in different states, and I think that was part of what the issue were was with should we play, shouldn't we play, was everybody was kind of all over the place, which is to be expected when you've got a group of roughly 200 or so people. But what has happened now, I think, between yesterday morning and into today is, is – they, they were able to have the conversations they needed to have. They were able to get some of the things that they really wanted as far as support and help. And then they were able to really take today as all teams return to practice to, for a lot of the guys, refocus and get their mind back on basketball. So I think everybody's ready to restart the games tomorrow. And that seems to be, you know, everybody's now committed and ready to go through the end of the regular season. Did you or guys playoffs, see, rather. Sorry. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Did you guys see what Doc Rivers said about the meeting? He said it was, it was terrific. Yeah, I've heard it this, you know, described a lot of different ways. Emotional is the most uh, common thing that I heard. But so so far, most people said even the heated parts were necessary. And sometimes, you know, I think we've all been in those meetings where sometimes getting heated is not the worst thing in the world. It shows passion. It shows care. Um, there were some parts that I think were maybe uh, some guys didn't handle the way they wanted to, wish they had. And I think some of those those players have already expressed some regret on those things. But I think, you know, ultimately in the end, it was productive, and that's what is the most important part. Keith Smith with us here on 97.5 and, uh, and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Keith, what are your thoughts on the leadership throughout all of this? Uh, you know, you hear stories about people, and Gordon mentioned Doc Rivers, of course, but, you know, Chris Paul, Michelle Roberts, Adam Silver, what do you think about the way that they've, you know, uh, handled not only this particular situation this week, but really this whole pandemic, it seems like they've been in lockstep. Yeah, I, I think for the most part they have. I think we had a little bit of, you know, out of whack over the last couple of days, but I think they rallied fairly quickly and, and it handled some adverse situations. But really from the beginning, they, they have been working together. And that, I think, goes a lot of that credit goes to Michelle Roberts and Adam Silver. If you think all the way back to the first time they sat down and negotiate a new CBA, 
we didn't have any kind of stoppage. And it was almost like, all right, here's what we want. Here's what we want. All right, let's meet in the middle and off we go. And, and it was done like that. And there was, it was barely even a newsworthy event. And that is, you know, really carried over all the way through to the restart and all the planning that went into it. And now, you know, unfortunately what continues to happen in the country, the players have a vested interest in trying to change that. And I think they really did a pretty good job coming together to try to make things happen in the best way they can under the current circumstances. Keith, obviously the players are trying to draw attention to an important uh, situation in our country. Do you think that their strong actions will have consequences as far as the popularity of the league as a whole, fans in general? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, in general, and maybe I'm being optimistic here, but I don't think it will. I think those who scream the loudest that they'll never watch again probably weren't watching anyway. I, I think there, there's a lot of that going on there. I, I do you know, think that there are some people who are they're, they're trying to make stories out of ratings falling and those kind of things. And I had a contact within the NBA League office say, well, when you put games on at a Tuesday afternoon at one o'clock, it's hard for a lot of people to see them. And, you know, and that they felt it wasn't, there wasn't anything near an apples to apples comparison. They were going back, you know, six to eight years and in drop off. And one of the things they explained is how popular streaming is for the NBA specifically, uh, because they, they track to a much younger audience than some of the other sports. So I don't know that what is happening now is going to have a real tangible effect. Cause I think either those folks weren't watching anyway, or they're still going to watch. They're just going to be awful quiet about it. Keith Smith is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, talking a little bit about on-the-court basketball here for a moment. Keith, what do you think about the way the Jazz have played in this series with the Nuggets uh, thus far and your your takeaways from really the performances uh, of Donovan Mitchell? And, uh, yeah, I'll answer the first part, uh, or the second part first, is Donovan Mitchell just absolutely incredible. It's I. I, you know, we all knew Donovan Mitchell was very, very good. I don't know that we knew that he quite had this in him. And this is great to see. I think, you know, Utah is that they've got a superstar to build around. He's no longer a up and coming star or anything like that. He is a true, absolute superstar. And, you know, and they're going to have him, you know, hopefully for a very long time and, and be able to really, you know, that's their franchise guy moving forward. The team as a whole, I, I'm I'm very very impressed. I think they hit the playoffs and started run that that offense just is it. There's nothing overly complex about it, but it's executed at such a high level that I think it, it can be really hard to stop. And you're seeing them really take advantage of some of the things that the Nuggets do. I think Quinn Snyder's ability to game plan for an opponent four to seven times in a series is huge because that's when he can really pick you apart. He's going to find those holes and he's going to go at them on that end. And then Utah's brought it just defensively enough compared to Denver, and that, that's why they're leading the series. So, Keith, I'm anointing you uh, emperor of a uh, an NBA franchise, and you can pick one of two players, Donovan Mitchell or Jamal Murray. Which way do you go? I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell, and the reason why is I think he can – uh, do things on both ends of the floor just a little bit better than Murray. I think he's a better ball handler. I think he's a better playmaker 
for others. I've been impressed with how far his passing has come over the last couple of years. And I think he's just a more competitive and willing defender than, than Murray is. Murray is a fantastic offensive player, but he's really a guy who looks for his shot. Um, and they play different roles in their offenses, so I get that. But he is also not as good at getting to the basket and getting downhill as Mitchell is. So I would take Mitchell. It's close, but, but I would take Mitchell without hesitation. What have you thought about the marquee matchup, Rudy versus the Joker? Yeah, I, I thought Rudy Gobert, especially early in the series, had had Jokic kind of off balance. I think, you know, he, he was able to contest. I think some of those fallaways and those flip shots and those little floaters that Jokic loves, those those aren't shots you can get over Gobert like you can over a lot of other guys. And I think that kind of had him off balance. I think Jokic has gone to some different stuff. I think Mike Malone has also played him a little bit differently over the last couple games where he's really put him out on the, the top of the key a lot and is running the offense through him more than he had been earlier in the series. I think they needed him to be more of a scorer until uh, Murray started going absolutely crazy. So I think it started to come back more towards even, but but I really, you know, Gobert had the upper hand in the challenge on the other end of the floor is Jokic isn't providing a whole lot of resistance. He generally has been better defender than I think a lot of people realize, but he's really struggling. The Jazz are repeatedly putting him in actions where he's having to defend on the move or he's having to come up and defend a ball handler, which is allowing Gobert to kind of hang out behind him and get played. So it's been you know kind of impressive to see this from Rudy Gobert to really, in a lot of ways, just outplay Jokic so far. Keith, uh, in that closeout game, the Jazz wanted to jump all over the Nuggets and get them down. They eventually got that lead up to 15 in the second half. But early in that game, they were, they were you know, moving ahead. And Jokic, just, he hit those 8 of 8, uh, those shots, and 5 of 5 from 3. Boy, without him, I think they might have been buried. And so I guess my question to you is, what do you do about that? Would you, would you advise Gobert to concentrate more on Jokic or to do what he does where he has to defend the entire offense if opponent? Yeah, that's a good question. I think you probably start out doing your normal thing, but if Jokic starts to – I'm not certainly going to let him get to 8 of 8 and 5 of 5. If he starts out two for two or three for three, I'm probably going to you know, kind of come out of what I want to do and get Rudy Gobert a little higher on him. Maybe you start to do something a little bit different. If Paul Millsap is going to really be a guy who becomes a screener and he you know, kind of more has to work in and around the paint now, maybe you switch your coverages there and just live with Jokic with, with a smaller defender and you know, kind of say, hey, we, we feel good putting Royce O'Neal or Joe Ingles on him and, and we'll, we'll, we'll live with that and figure it out. And then you let Gobert kind of lives closer to the basket area with a guy like Millsap because that's kind of what Millsap has become. So I'm, I'm curious to see. One of, one of the things I always trust in Quinn Snyder is he's now seen Denver's adjustment. Now I think he'll make a good quality adjustment to that. Looking around the rest of the playoffs, Keith, do you think the Lakers' inability to, to shoot the long ball uh, is going to catch up with them? It might, especially if they end up getting the Houston Rockets in the next series. I think they, they've 
the, the Trailblazers expose some defensive problems for the Lakers with guards who are going to have the ball a lot. They can clearly be broken down off the dribble, and that causes some trouble. And there's nobody better in the game than breaking you down off the dribble and getting himself either layups or to the free throw line than James Harden. So that's going to be a problem. And then you know the Rockets, they're going to turn it into a three-point shooting contest with the way they defend. And then where they've gone small, they're not going to worry. I mean, they don't worry about being small against anybody, but they're really not going to worry about being small against the Lakers because that actually gives them the best chance to rotate a whole bunch of differently uh, different players, but similarly sized guys and similarly quick players against LeBron James. And they're not going to worry about JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. If they lose because those two combined for 50 points, they, they lose and so be it. But they're, they're really going to make the Lakers work. So I, I'm curious. And, and I don't want to write off Oklahoma City either because I think with their kind of three-guard uh, lineups that they go to and Danilo Gallinari, they, they're also going to give the Lakers some challenges. So it's not going to be an easy road for the Lakers to get to, even as far as the Western Conference Finals. Keith, have your observations in the playoff bubble changed your mind about who you think is best suited to win it? It has a little bit, and, and I was trying not to overreact to anything that happened in the seeding game, but once we got into the playoffs and seeing the Orlando Magic really kind of expose some of the flaws in the Milwaukee Bucks defense, it, it's worried me. I picked the Bucks to win the championship, and in the seeding games, they had nothing to play for, so I wasn't really concerned about much much of what they did at all. But what I was worried about was that the, the Bucks defense just didn't look good and it hasn't looked good in the playoffs they're they're beating orlando because the talent gap is so massive but what you worry about with the bucks is they're they're their plan is we want you to take a whole bunch of three-pointers we want you to take a bunch of long uh two-pointers and mid-range jump shots well the teams they're going to play either boston or toronto in the eastern conference finals that's if they get past miami those teams are all happy to take a lot of shots like that they're, they'll do that and what the bucks count on is You'll go through cold stretches where you might miss, you know, two. You, you might miss eight out of ten uh, jump shots or something like that, and then you'll start trying to force it inside against the trees, and and then you're in all sorts of trouble. But the magic, what they've done, because they really have no other choices, they've stuck with it, and they just kept taking those shots, and that's how they've been able to make this series competitive, even though they're severely outmanned. And now you're going to go up against better teams in Miami first, and then either Toronto or Boston if they advance. They might be in a little, not a little bit, but a lot more trouble than I think we think they are. Keith, you are the best. Thank you, as always, for jumping on with us, my man. Keep up the good work. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'll stay safe, you and yours. Back at you, Keith. Our friend Keith Smith, uh, your NBA Daily Assist, brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check him out online, leesheatac.com. Uh, and, uh, by the way, Keith uh, Keith Smith NBA is his Twitter handle. He's broken a bunch of news over the past week. He's really dialed in. Well, he, uh, he sounded pretty impressed with the Jazz and uh, called Donovan Mitchell a superstar. And if you're a superstar in the NBA, you might be capable of leading your team to a title. And I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if or when that will happen, or whether the Jazz can close out on the Nuggets in the first round. But I'll tell you, that's a fairly uh, significant development in this bubble. Well, Keith said that he he liked Donovan better than Jamal Murray because of Donovan's defensive at least capability. I'd like to see a little bit of that in uh, in game number six or these closeout games with the Utah Jazz because they've they I think they need a little more defensive bite to put Denver yeah. away. Yeah, I agree so, with you. 
I, he tried. I, you know, they put him on Jamal Murray for a little while there in the second half. Uh, everybody was struggling to slow that guy down, but he was at least – I saw some defensive effort out of Donovan over that stretch that looked a little more enthusiastic. And it's not – to your point, Gordon, it's, it's not just Donovan either. I mean, they need more yeah. of a defensive bite out of a bunch of people. I mean, Royce O'Neal is going to guard Jamal Murray for part of the game, but it's not going to be all of the game, and you have to find somebody else who can be effective on him and find somebody else who will keep uh, other guys out of the lane and stay with shooters. And, I mean, they just need a little more uh, – you know, I'm sure we could uh, get Coach Chiesa or somebody, uh, you know, like that on to, to get into the specifics. But the way I would put it is you just need a little more bite. Need a little more bite to finish off the Nuggets, I think. Did, did Derek Favors and uh, Jay Crowder and uh, Ricky Rubio make that much difference on defense? Because there were stretches when those guys were on the Jazz where this team was the best defense in the league. I would say Favors and Rubio more so than Crowder, but yeah, I think they were defensive. They were bigger, and they were more physical players than the Jazz have right now, which matters on defense. I don't know if it really does against the two guys that are hurting the Jazz. Oh, I, I the Jamal Jazz, Murray, I think. They, they need someone who can stay in front of him. Yeah, Ricky Rubio would be better at that than players they have trying now. Yeah, but I'm not sure he'd be very effective based off the way Jamal Murray's playing. But they, I mean, they don't need to shut down Jamal Murray. They just need him to go for 30 instead of 50. <laughs> Actually, you know, I take it back and go for 30, no, go for 42 instead of 50. <laughs> well, that's what he did in the last game and they won. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, they just, I, I think they just need a little more bite. All right, we are live at the warehouse here in Salt Lake, uh, the brand new Salt Lake location, 1825 South, 300 West. Of course, our friend Tom joins us once again. And, uh, Tom, the, the deal you're doing on adjustables, uh, the deals, I shouldn't say deal, not singular, the deals, deals. Are, are amazing. In fact, I think you've even caught Gordon's ear. Listen, I have 16 adjustable beds on the floor here. And, Gordon, I just got to tell you something. I know how the Jazz can win. I know the how they can close it out. And I just heard Sunday at 6.30, Jake, you fulfilled your promise. Yeah, I told you it was going to be Sunday night. You are. You always take care of me. Gordon, if the Jazz what? score more uh, points than Denver, they're going to win. Oh, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. That was profound. I know It was that. very profound. <laughs> the uh, statement that I'm going to make next is going to blow your mind. It's a boom statement. All right. I just had a couple come in. I just spent, what, half hour? Yeah. 40 mm-hmm. minutes with them. She's had a couple of back surgeries, a couple of neck surgeries. She can't find any comfort. We just got her into um, a mattress, and this is a 15-inch special mattress. This is the mattress that the boys who are big nationwide, you know who I'm talking about. They have multiple, multiple stores in Utah. Uh, They sell this mattress for $8,400 for a split king set. The adjustable bed is on top of that. I just made them a deal that I'm going to I'm going to offer this to anybody who walks through the door today or tomorrow. Okay. I can't do it every day. Today or tomorrow. If you have some issues and you need special comfort and you want to take away a lot of the pain so you can sleep, become productive, I just sold it to him for 20 Seven ninety nine. Wow, for like a ten thousand dollars setup. That's amazing. Now we talked quickly last time about this uh, 
It's almost a $12,000 deal if you look it up on the Internet. Same mattress, different base. Okay. This base is insane. $39.99. Wow. If you're looking for the absolute very best where you can talk to your phone and it adjusts your bed. That's incredible. I don't know if it works, but you might try. Siri, could you help me sleep better tonight and see where it takes Where it goes. <laughs> you trust it. Siri's judgment? That was hey, for Tom, you, Gordon. Tom, yes. I, want, I want one of those, man. That's the one I, you want. Let, we need to. Is that the one you recommend? Because that sounds spectacular. This is the new one, and I'll even do a special price on, we're going to call it the Gordon bed from now on. All right. I love it. Call me Gordon when you were not on the radio. All right. right. And, uh, hey, you can get the same deal Gordon would get because here at the warehouse you take care of people. That's what you do. That is a triple boom. Yep. All right, 18. Tom, Tom, one other thing. Tom, you're the hardest working man in the business. You you know, because of this virus, I have not taken a day off since January. Wow. Except Sunday. So Uh, six days a week. Hey, and Gordon, I got a new little baby. My daughter had a baby girl. Oh. And she is beyond beautiful. Grandpa's dark, curly hair, so obviously she's going to get new dresses from me. <laughs> you bet. Congratulations. Congrats. Yeah, that's great. That's terrific. All right. Take advantage of Tom's good mood. 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Don't forget about their location. Uh, 86 East University Parkway down there in Orem. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, the brand new Salt Lake location. It is glorious, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Don't forget about their Orem location as well, 86 East University Parkway. Gordon, I know we didn't uh, get to all of the list earlier on in the show, so we have an open segment. What do you say we notch a couple items off? All right. Apparently, you can cast your vote at Vivint Arena. Yeah, I saw that today. I think it's great. The Megaplex Theaters too, right? Yeah, I guess so. So I think anytime they make voting easier, it's a good thing. Oh, I totally totally agree. Yeah, the Jets aren't the only ones doing this. Other professional teams have have jumped in on this as well. But that's a good thing. I'm I'm happy. A lot of people are probably going to vote by mail. But this is an opportunity to uh, to go to a polling place and cast your vote that way. Can I, and I, I totally agree with you. The the more availability to vote, the better. Uh, I, I think it's a, it's a huge, huge deal. And, and I, I don't mean to get political with this, but to, do you laugh kind of like I do that uh, that mail voting, mail-in voting is a huge controversy in our country? And even, you know, all the Utah politicians and Utahns everywhere are going, no, 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 it it works fine. Well, it's quite convenient. Yeah, it works really <laughs> it works, well. It works all right. In fact, we really like it. <laughs> I yeah, have, that's fun. I have laughed about that controversy because people are saying, oh, no, it's going to be a disaster. It's not going to work. And everybody in Utah is raising their hand going, no, yeah, it does. It, it works it does. perfect. <laughs> it works fine. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of strange how some people want to make it more complicated to vote. Uh, anyway. 
Uh, I asked Keith Smith this question, Jake, and I'm curious to hear from you. What effect do you think uh, the between COVID-19 and and uh, the NBA with their social uh, emphasis, all that? What? How was it? How is this going to affect sports? Uh, what do you think it's by... going to change it? Do you think that COVID? Okay, let's take one at a time. Do you think COVID nineteen and uh, the habits we've gotten in, and the way we go about uh, our business, and the way we view the world, really, do you think that will have some sort of effect on sports as time goes by? No, I don't. I Not think, at all. Uh, no, I, I think um, when we're able to get back to normal, I, I really think we will. I think people love going to jazz games. I think people uh, love going to concerts. Uh, I guess we're talking about sports here. But, I, I, you know, people love going down to the ballpark on a summer night, including myself. And I think we'll all still value those experiences when we're able to. Do you think cuddling, uh, not cuddling, but, uh, you know, being in close proximity to people sitting there for a ball game will make anyone nervous? Why would it when we get back to normal, quote unquote? I mean, what are you talking about? Well, I, sometimes these kinds of things adjust. You know, because even before COVID, I mean, you could catch a cold, you could catch the flu, you could catch whatever was uh, was out there, and and this has made people think more about that, or at least a lot of people, I think. I wondered, being in a crowded venue, whether that would change uh, the way people their attitude about doing it. Let me. I guess I'll say this. I hope not. And if we start following the seasonal flu, like case by case counts, like we followed this, I, I, I'm just shutting myself inside and never coming out. What do you think about the question I asked Keith about uh, the effect on NBA fans and others on the sport on, in the sports world on athletes being a little more active with their opinions about things other than sports? Uh, I think it'll turn some people off um, where the the conversation gets, you know, changes is for how long, what portion of the fan base is that, um, you know, a lot of people are all bark and no bite, you know, they, they'll go on uh, Twitter, the cesspool of communication and, uh, you know, be Twitter tough guy. But then when they're flipping around channels on a Thursday night and they have, uh, you know, a couple of marquee games on uh, TNT. You know, are they really not watching? I don't know. I, I think it'll be fascinating to 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 find out. Yeah, I think people are going to come back. And I, you know, it's. I mean, sports. What drew you to sports in the first place? That's not going to change. But there were those section of people that, because of the strike, never watched baseball again. I mean, that uh, was a thing. So yeah, I mean, that, there that are was, going to be. Was, that was that was a betrayal of the sport itself. Uh, how so? Uh, players demanding more of a piece of the pie? Is a betrayal well, of the sport itself? My memory. If anything, that, you should. Uh, my my memory of that canceled World Series was people that disappointed pure baseball people, and those are the ones who were inflicted the most pain, and it was within the context of of the sport they love. Okay. I, I okay, you can rationalize it, I suppose, but I think my overall point still stands that there was a segment of the baseball fandom that uh, decided to be done with the sport because of that. 
I would guess there's a segment of the NBA fandom or insert sport here that will be done with it because of this. But I, how big is that? How many people, how many fans is that? And how long will they stay away if they do? Did you see the story about the, uh, hmm, how to describe this? Can I get Chester in here for a second? No, let's not. No, okay. <laughs> well, the video that was made for Washington owner Daniel Snyder by the cheerleaders, what do you think of that? We well, let's talk about that, but. We haven't. Let's clarify the story here for a second because it wasn't made. The video wasn't made by the cheerleaders. Right. The video was, they, was they of were... the cheerleaders. Yeah. Okay. And it, it, that's an important distinction. And, yes. and we don't need Chester's opinion on that. No, okay. and we don't. So here's, here's the basics of the story, just so people know what we're talking about. Uh, ten years ago, which is an interesting little trick because Dan Snyder himself said ten years ago, even though that wasn't mentioned in the report, which is kind of interesting. But ten years ago... Uh, the former play-by-play voice of the Redskins, now the Washington football team, uh, who was also the marketing vice president, I believe, or communications vice president, he, inst- like he instructed this film crew who made a swimsuit calendar of the the Washington cheerleaders to send the outtakes, so to speak, to the, or, or, or package them together, and reportedly that was for the owner or at the owner's request. So Boy, just to make I, sure I like we've the, got the story right. I like the way you described that, uh, quite literally, the outtakes, because everything was out. Ugh, that's not what I meant. Uh, it, meaning that it's something that probably shouldn't have been caught on film that was. Dan Snyder re- requested that, apparently. Which is... Uh, uh, crazy violation of all of all sorts of things for these poor employees it's uh, it's really a terrible story although he denies it he said that that did not happen oh really is he denying it oh yeah he's he's oh. totally denied it and uh said that that is not the case and um I don't know. It's kind of funny that his defense to all this, because this is uh, the second Washington Post report documenting uh, sexual harassment issues with that uh, football franchise. And he said, now, oh, I'm going to take a more active role. So kind of like, well, I wasn't paying attention before and all this bad stuff happened. But, hey, I'm paying attention now. But you know what? That defense worked for Mark Cuban. So why wouldn't it work for Dan Snyder? (laughs) Okay. All right, and then I have this little tidbit. I have, I have two more. Uh, I want to get back to the jazz here in a second, but did you see the story about the three grandmas in Japan who are armed with uh, air pistols and they've uh, branded themselves the monkey busters uh, in a bid to scare off a bunch of uh, pesky monkeys that are, I guess, raiding the town? Have you wow. seen this story? I have seen I have seen the story, yeah. <laughs> and there's a picture of these three grandmas walking around, you know, looking for the monkeys to shoot. Yeah, they I mean they're they're probably uh, a bit of a nuisance. Austin, how would you pronounce the name of that 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 city in uh, Japan because I really I I I made an attempt at uh, saying the name of a city uh, that How do you uh, spell it? Uh, oh, 
I see. I see. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fukushima? Is that the town you're talking about? No, that's not the name of this one, but it's... Oh, well, that's the one you really, really mangled one time, yeah. Yeah, this one is... The name of this town is... <laughs> it, <laughs> I can't even get my... It's uh, F-U-K-U-I. I don't know. I don't speak Japanese. <laughs> Fukui? <laughs> I don't. That brings back a bad memory when I try to pronounce that other that other name, but that's where that's where these grandmas are are uh, raiding the uh, the troops of uh, what kind of let's see what kind of monkeys are these? These are uh, how do you how do you, is it macaque m a c a q u e s? How do you say that? Macaqua? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> I don't know. I just somehow the image, uh, Jake, of these elderly women just you know with their with their air guns going after you know to protect the town. I thought that was sort of interesting. Oh, it's the macaw. Is a macaw. Yeah. Do you Maca- have I thought uh, it was a bird? That's caca. I don't know. <laughs> I have no. He's a soccer player. Uh, I have uh, I have multiple stories that actually can can relate to this. Uh, maybe some I should not tell. But uh, well, let me ask you this, Gord. Do you have in, in your neighborhood? Do you have uh, you know what you'd consider pests? Well, uh, one or two streets up was uh, where uh, a good friend of ours had uh, three cougars in his backyard. And I'm talking about, you know, the wildlife. I'm not we talking know about what you're these. talking about. Macaque, by the way, it's been confirmed. Macaque? Macaque, yeah. The macaques are on the loose. Why? What'd you shoot? Uh, I didn't shoot anything. Uh, What'd you shoot? On the on the few stories that, like, honestly, I have a couple that I, but let, I'll just say this. We had, uh, or, well, we have a squirrel that lives in, like, <laughs> the 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 backyards of like four different houses all right <laughs> okay. and and this squirrel uh has been stockpiling nuts in my next door neighbor's shed for years like it's what kind of nuts i don't know acorns what do you mean walnuts what different mixed nuts <laughs> stuff yeah just what's he sneaking into been, the kitchen uh, roasted almonds and, and right stealing your planters what difference does it make? But anyway, so he's been he's he's a bit of a nuisance uh, uh, with this and and other things. He's also quite loud. So my neighbor uh, trapped the squirrel. Oh, and then uh, so she's not a real you know she's not a real vicious person. So she decided to take the squirrel up the canyon, uh-huh. miles up the canyon, and let the squirrel out. Oh, well, was... it took the squirrel. Two days. <laughs> but the squirrel found its way back. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding What is you. he, a homing pigeon? I guess. I don't know. But that squirrel. And I was talking to my Are neighbor sure about it. Are you sure it was it. the same squirrel? Yeah, well, yes, because this squirrel had a very, like, this sounds really weird. But had an eye squirrel, patch. This squirrel is a bigger squirrel than usual, a very well-fed squirrel, and has a limp. I'm not kidding. The squirrel has a limp. <laughs> And so this absolutely, absolutely is the if same. Gordon squirrel. was telling this story, we would not believe it. <laughs> I, and, and my neighbor told me, my neighbor told me that she once the the squirrel came back, that that squirrel just yelled at her for like a half an hour. 
<laughs> and by yelling, you mean like squeaking at her? Right, like squeaking loudly at her for, for a long period of time, as if to say, I don't appreciate what you tried to do right there. <laughs> You're sure it's the same squirrel. It's, I promise you it's the same squirrel. <laughs> this squirrel is it's lived it's lived in my backyard or these backyards for years. I'm talking like at le- over a decade. How like long do squirrels live? I don't know, but th- it's the same squirrel because it runs across the power lines in our backyard, and it like <laughs> this is so ridiculous to describe, but it like almost falls off the power line every third step. So it has to, like, grab itself on the power line, steady itself, and then scurry, and then falls again. But he never falls off the power line. He always just kind of scurry, scurry, fall, scurry, scurry, fall. Have you named this squirrel? Yeah, we call it Alvin. Because <laughs> he's really if... loud. He's Does really, he, he, a... likes to, he likes to chirp. You, you and I live in close proximity. I mean, we have a squirrel that's eating uh, eating a pillow on our uh, on our back deck. You think it's the same one? No, no. This this trust me. This squirrel doesn't go anywhere. This squirrel <laughs> this squirrel is so fat that there is. I mean, see when when my neighbor took the squirrel to the canyon and let it go, it had a downhill trek to get back to its home. I don't and think it can, that you I don't think it sh- can make it uphill. Your neighbor took this squirrel miles away. Miles up Mill Creek Canyon. <laughs> You're kidding. Oh, no, come on, Jake. I'm not kidding. I swear. I swear that happened. Did it, like, hitch a ride down the I, road? I have no idea. I have no clue. Uh, well, I'll be. This will be next week's happy hour segment. Oh, <laughs> no. Stop it, Austin. You do not. Yeah, too uh, late. Get, Things are uh, done. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. How big, we'll yeah, to... Wait, real quick. How big is this squirrel? You say he's, he's it's a big plump. squirrel. Yeah, I mean, it's like... a big fat squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> it has a limp. I'm not kidding. It has a limp, <laughs> and it made it miles back. I also from up think Mill Creek Canyon. I to also your backyard, right to our backyard, and I also think that it's a murderous squirrel. But that's a different story. <laughs> Because I found a, I found another dead squirrel in our gutter once, and it had it, it looked like a, it looked like something out of a mob movie. There was like a little trail of blood running away from it, and I thought, you know what? That's what you get for getting on Alvin's territory, huh? He's not putting up with it. That's his corner. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like four backyards right on the corner of these two streets. Do you think if if your neighbor had taken this squirrel like uh, up to Bountiful and let it loose up there, would they have found its way back? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. But obviously, Mill Creek Canyon wasn't far enough away. <laughs> That's good. All right, stay tuned. We'll have the Not Sports Board next. Ninety-seven five. <laughs> Jake has a squirrel that's like a plot hound. And twelve eighty the zone. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. And this squirrel uh has been stockpiling nuts in my next door neighbor's shed for years. Like it's what kind of nuts. I don't know. Acorns. What do you mean? Walnuts. What difference? Mixed nuts. Just stuff. <laughs> 
Well, I still, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a can of mixed nuts. You might only get a couple almonds in there, maybe a couple of pecans or pecans, but you be, there might just be a sprinkling of a certain kind of nut, but, and so it's mixed, but, but, you know, it's not equal. See what I'm saying? Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 95 and 12 videos on live from the warehouse. We'll talk to Tom in a moment, 1825 South, 300 West. You know who you reminded me of? It just hit me. You know who you reminded me of in that clip uh, there, Gordon, about the mixed nuts? You reminded me of of, uh, the movie Casino when Robert De Niro was down there yelling at the chef that there aren't an equal amount of blueberries in every muffin. (laughs) Yes. That's that's it right there. That's you. Good thing you don't run a casino. You could because you'd you'd have something like that. Like, I can't, why aren't there equal amount of blueberries in these muffins? Well, do you have any idea how long it would take to make sure equal amount of blueberries are in each muffin? Don't care. Just do it. All right, it's time for the the non sports report. Brought to you each and every day by our friends at the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Uh, first of all, let me clarify that uh, I, they're, they're, my, my whole point there, if I'm remembering correctly, since that was years ago, but it was that, the, yeah, the nuts are mixed, but they're not equally mixed. You know we knew, we got your point. We, okay. we understood again. Getting back to the muffin uh, comparison. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, but never mind. All right, uh, let me ask you this, Jake. Do snakes freak you out? Uh, I'm not a big fan of snakes, no. Do you get that weird feeling in your, you know, tingling through your spine when you when you when you run across a surprise to run across a snake? Well, first of all, if I had a tingle in my spine, I'd probably call the paramedics. Uh, but you know no, I'm I, not. you know what I mean. That kind of. A kind of uh, going to shock kind of thing going. No, not really. I mean, like my brother has a snake and we stayed at his house and, you know, we were in the same room or whatever. He had a so, snake? He still does have a snake. A pet snake? You know, that's fairly common. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. yeah lots of people it have It wouldn't be in snakes. my house. I can't do that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not wild about them either. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? But, you okay. know, you... I've come in contact with snakes in the wild, and I haven't. I've managed to to keep my head about me. My two year old just chased a snake at the park the other day. Wow! What kind? What kind of snake was it? Uh, just a little like brown garter snake kind of thing. Chased it? Yeah, chased it right back into the water. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, the reason I bring this up is apparently uh, some some dudes were down in Texas, a place called Manor, Texas. Or they were just minding their own business at their workplace, Sun State Equipment, there in Manor. And they stumbled upon a three-and-a-half-foot diamondback rattler. And not only did they stumble upon a three-and-a-half-foot diamondback rattle rattler, they stumbled upon its 16 babies curled up in a work area. Now... If I stumbled upon that, I would. I I think that would that would send a, a shockwave. You're going to commit arson if you stumble upon that. I mean, 
Austin, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. How would would you get that same feeling? I uh, yeah, it'd be it'd be an insurance claim by morning. It'd be a pile of rubble. Yep. Not I'm not I'm not staying there. Well, they called uh, they called the authorities, and they came out with those uh, tong things or whatever they're called. <laughs> the snake tongs. <laughs> and picked it up, and put it in a bucket. But they had some advice. For people, they said, especially in the hotter weather, this is what they said. These snakes should never be handled and should be reported to animal control for removal. If you spot one of these venomous snakes, they advise that you should leave it alone. Um, Watch where you step. Put your hands. uh, Watch where you put your hands or where you sit down. Venomous snakes live near the ground. I don't know where else they'd be. Do they climb into tr- they climb into trees or anything? Snakes can climb trees, I believe. Yeah, I don't know. Snakes avoid your big body, but will definitely bite if stepped on or if they feel trapped. Don't somebody pet told, it. Got it. Somebody told me once that if you hear a rattle, you should freeze. Because sometimes if you jump in a certain direction, you might jump right at it. Because the sound of them sometimes can throw you off. Sounds like sound advice. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what that's what I was told. Well, why don't you put it into action, Gordon? Why don't you get out there, see if you can't uh, find yourself a snake to step on, and tell oh, us how it goes. Man, my my wife, she likes to to go on trails and whatnot, but she likes to go on hikes. But I think her one of her biggest fears would be running across a rattlesnake. That that would uh, that would be not be good. Surprised she hasn't, because there's plenty of them yeah. out there. Yeah, there are. All right, we're live at the uh, brand new Salt Lake location of the warehouse, eighteen twenty five South three hundred West. Come on by and see us. Don't forget about eighty six East University Parkway in Orem as well. Tom is with us once again. Hello, Tom. Gordon, if you did stumble and fall, that might be a bite. It might be rough. That would be a bite. Would you, uh, if Gordon asked you to, would you suck the poison out? Because uh, I wouldn't. I'd suck through a straw. <laughs> okay, just through a straw. Wait, 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 wait. COVID, Jake, I can't put Jake, my lips on Gordon. You're, you're telling me that if I was there on the ground uh, with a venomous bite, you would not, you would, you would not do that for me? Oh no! I just keep on walking. <laughs> I just uh, what was that, Gordon? No, I, I think we lost Gordon. Uh, no, Gordon. Gordon, I, I know help. he loves you. He'd call oh, me I'd in help. and I'd help you. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, I need you to get up here quick. <laughs> uh, no, Gordon. I of course I do whatever I could. Whatever. I'll tell you one thing that doesn't suck. It's Tom's deals. Oh wow, that Is was it? good. No, don't that tell him good. that. I liked it. I'll just encourage him to do it again. That's okay. <laughs> Gordon was so bright when he was a kid, his dad called him son. Ah, see? No. I, I do, you know, that is, uh, Gordon's been in the biz a while. That was a terrific transition right there. I love it. Hey, we are at the new store, the warehouse in Salt Lake, 1825 South, 300 West. Beautiful, beautiful new showroom. 
uh, 16 adjustable beds in the front part of the showroom. And then, of course, we have a beautiful new warehouse in back, which is an extension of our showroom. It just happens to be a working showroom. So we are able to sell you at better prices. Rather than having a separate warehouse, we use our warehouse as a showroom. And we have deals. We've been talking most of the day about the twin mattress for $99. It's an incredible deal. The full mattress for $159. We'd mentioned the queen adjustable bed. Mattress and adjustable base, only $599. We've talked about all kinds of adjustable beds, but let's do a real quick recap on this custom sofa sectional. This is cool. The beautiful part about it, it's made here in Utah, so you're supporting two local businesses, the warehouse and the manufacturer of this sectional. It's got eight fabrics to choose from, many pillows uh, that you can accessorize, choose which body fabric, your, your accent pillow fabric, and he will build it for you in two weeks. Wow. At prices for custom furniture, that's about 70% cheaper than the typical custom furniture. Wow. I'm not supposed to advertise the price. Clayton mentioned it earlier. I'm just going to tell you, listen to the Man Cave Show because we talked about it tomorrow. It's amazing. We're going to tell you the price. All right. Check it out, 1825 South, 300 West, brand new Salt Lake location. Don't forget about Orem as well, 86 East, University Parkway. It's the warehouse. Uh, Ryan Miller of KSL Sports joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.